what 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 could they do with sound that I couldn't do back then? You know, maybe the mastering I mean, AI got better, but I don't use that. You it, know? It, it's much more complex. Like there's. Well, that it's I like, don't need. I can tell you that. Okay. Well, it's like what <laughs> it's watching. It's like watching a television program in the 1940s, and you're like, man, I don't know how they can improve on black and white TV. <laughs> it's still the same thing, yeah. but like, there's more you can do with it. You know, uh, it, it's yeah. like it's like making a film whenever you're 12 on Movie Maker and thinking like, man, I don't know how I can ever get better at this. And I then still... you dis- and then you discover Final Cut and Premiere Pro. <laughs> I guess that's where I am. I like. I feel like too many bells and like whenever i write something i still use notepad like i don't need (laughs) like i'm just a basic creator and editor you know like i don't want all of that yeah and that's that's not a bad thing to do it's not a bad way to be either but if you're looking for something more like even if you're just looking to like play around and experiment with new features i would highly recommend it yeah, certainly for probably because like you mentioned, Movie Maker. That's my editor, baby. <laughs> I, I I don't need anything more than Movie Maker offers. You know, it's like I've been able to figure out how to do what I need to do with with that. But I'm also not yeah. you know TikToking or whatever. That's true. See, so. I become a big fan of InShot video editor on on Android so much so that I uh, downloaded it on my iPhone to replace iMovie. Because, like, I, I, I tried firing up iMovie, like, once. I'm like, eh, I don't want to learn something new. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting older. I mean, I, 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 still, I still have it. I'll, I'll try it out once or twice. <laughs> but I, I, I do want to see, like, what I can do with it versus what I can do with any other editor. Yeah. It re- reminds me of, um, you know, George R.R. R. Martin still writes on, like, a Commodore 64 or something like that. <laughs> and, uses, and uses, like, floppy disks. You know, he saves it on some crazy archaic system. But again, you know, that that just works for him. And that's why he hasn't yet finished the last Game of Thrones book. It doesn't work for him. Why did I say it works for him? It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. No, you're right. It probably got erased like six years ago. And he's like, shit, I'm just going to tell him I'm still working on it and then die. (laughs) What the the fuck do I do? Damn it. I've had to to write this three times now. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's his plan now is just to die with people thinking that. We can't find it. We don't know where this lost masterpiece is. What a legacy to leave behind. I mean, that just proves he's a genius. What a genius. All right. Should we go out on a high note and get going? (laughs) Might as well, yeah. All right. Welcome to No Hugging, No Learning. It's a show about one thing, watching Seinfeld for the first time. I'm Tim Murphy. And I'm Ted Hollowell. And today we will talk about The Burning. No, not the film debut of Mr. Jason Ah. Alexander. Season 9, episode 16 of Seinfeld. If you want to hear our episode on The Burning, which, by the way, kicks ass, uh, featuring the downvoter, uh, you have to be a Patreon subscriber with Ted, I know. We'll talk a little bit more about that on the way. Uh, before we get to The Burning, the show, what is the deal with stuff from our last episode? We really only had one thing to look up from, what's it called? The Wizard. And that is, is was that a real rap song being played outside Daryl's very nice apartment <laughs> uh, when Elaine comes up and, and you know uses that as a clue at first, to discern the true race of Daryl, or is it like a Jonathan Jonathan Wolf original or something like that? And thanks to the user Unhandled Exception, S E A N, not Unhandled Exception, but un- just a great programmer pun name, Unhandled Exception, on musicfans.stackexchange.com in a thread surprisingly from. 2019 uh going through all these this weird talk about like archaic technology this message board looked like it was from 1984 but this thread was from january of 2019 and i'm like some people just don't (laughs) need 
you know, don't need a lot. We can still communicate on musicfans.stackexchange.com. <laughs> but also, what, what a weird place to, I guess if you're going to ask somebody, you wouldn't want to ask a Seinfeld fan. You'd want to ask a music fan. So that's why this person asked if that was a real rap song. And Unhandled Except Sean is the one that realized some of the lyrics that you can actually make out in the episode. Kick the nation with the groove till we rock the place when the biz gets moved. <laughs> are indeed lyrics to Kick the Flow by M Project. Whoa. Yeah. So it's a real song. <laughs> not streaming anywhere. Oh. It's not on Spotify. It's not on YouTube. I can't find I could I could find the song on Genius, the lyric site. <laughs> and that's how I was able to corroborate because he didn't actually print the lyrics. He's like, uh, judging from the lyrics you can make out, I think it's this song. And I'm like, that's amazing. Uh, like, but how did this guy know this song? Because <laughs> it is, it's been erased from history, uh, except in a couple cases. Like, Spotify has a page for it, but you can't hit play on it. <laughs> so, somebody please release the rights to Kick the Flow by M Project. There's plenty of Seinfeld fans, I think, that would want it on their playlist. Uh, but so it is a real song. How about that? That's incredible. Here is uh, some other information from the episode The Wizard was a real thing. That was another surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought for sure, and ju judging I by this, was a made-up thing. Yeah, me, me too. But I think I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the episode, and you could click the word "wizard," and I was like, "What?" So Sharp Electronics made a personal assistant, electronic personal assistant called the Sharp Wizard, an electronic organizer. The first model, the OZ seven thousand, was released in nineteen eighty nine. Oh my god! Okay, yeah. And in case you're wondering, yes, the model name OZ7000 is a nod to the wizard. Ah, uh, uh, I love it. That's Oz. awesome. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so I, I was curious now that this was a real thing I could look up, whether or not you could actually get emails and faxes on it, as Jerry said to his dad, uh, just amazed at the tip calculator portion of the wizard. It did feature a serial port. Uh, to con to attach so like this proprietary connector that you could attach to a Windows PC or Macintosh or even another OZ device, uh, and it had an optional thermal printer port and a cassette tape backup. Amazingly enough, um, <laughs> and so you could print stuff off of it if you needed to. It also featured 32 kilobytes of internal memory, 32k yeah. of memory. I know. <laughs> Fuck That's yeah. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, with a little tiny LCD stream, it was still probably more than it needed, but that's so funny to see memory talked about in kilobytes. Like I, I don't think oh, you yeah, can I got 32. I, I don't think you can save one of your like show prep notepad documents in 32 kilobytes anymore. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> uh, it had a 96 by 64 dot black and white LCD. With controllable contrast, ooh, but it did not have a black light. So if you needed to find out your <laughs> when your dentist appointment was in the dark, you were out of luck. Mm. A major advertised feature of the model were the expansion cards. They had these accessory cards that they'd sell. So just in case what was on there. Uh, so the out-of-the-box functionality included a memo pad, a telephone pad, calendar, and scheduling with alarms and repeating events, multi-time zone clocks, and a calculator. So... That's like not much. <laughs> no. <know? laughs> Honestly, Jerry's dad was right. The calculator is kind of the most amazing thing about all those <laughs> things. But with the expansion cards, you could get memory expansion in case you in case those 32KB aren't enough for you, <sighs> Mr. Jet Set, uh, a thesaurus dictionary, a time and expense manager, an investment planner, a bilingual and eight language translator, which that does sound very helpful. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 
an encyclopedia of wine, in case you were wondering what kind of people had money to waste on something like this, and even games like Box Jockey, which I had to look up. That's that game where, you know, you have to get your guy from one side of the screen to another, and you have to move these boxes around, and they can move, like, north, south, east, and west, but sometimes you move one <laughs> against the wall, and you can't pull it back. You can only push them. You know what I mean? I, I think so. Yeah, I think if you saw it, you would you would recognize this game. I, I never knew what it was called, but it, it usually is on, you know, it's a good game to play on LCD because it, it requires <laughs> very little. Uh, but Tetris, Chess, Backgammon, you could get cards for those too. A spreadsheet software card capable of handling 26 columns by 999 rows. Whoa. Damn. Whoa. And uh, it was compatible with Lotus 123, which was kind of like an early office suite. So you could transfer your, you know, you could do your spreadsheet on the train or whatever, wherever you're, however you're commuting in and, and then upload it to your computer when you got there, thanks to this card. Um, so later Wizards did have touchscreens and an integrated IR transmitter, which allowed data exchange with PCs and other OZ 9000 era devices. But I couldn't find anywhere that said they had internet connectivity. So you couldn't actually, I think, receive emails or texts. From what I can tell, the best you could do, and I think I posited this on the episode, was maybe download your email onto it through the, you know, um, through the <laughs> connecting cord or later through this IR uh, device. But I don't think it had any internet connectivity whatsoever that I could find. So um, Jerry might maybe he was just making it up to make his dad seem like it was a cooler thing than it really was. <laughs> Or maybe they didn't even know. My my theory was that they, they didn't really know this was a, a thing. I don't know. That doesn't seem very possible because it is, it's 98 and computers were still like the Internet was still just on computers at this point. No one really had anything that you could walk around with besides like the PDAs. You know, yeah, I don't think anyone was like even thinking about like, man, if only I could take this Internet with me everywhere I went. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. So they probably did mean it to be the sharp wizard. Maybe it was the most famous out of all these things. But I know later, like the Palm Pilot, that was a big deal because it had a yeah. stylus and you could write on it and stuff like that. I'm guessing maybe the. I can't decide whether or not they just picked a name and wizard sounded good because it's something that does everything. And then then they found out later that <laughs> it was a real thing. I, I think I'm leaning towards someone probably had a wizard or something, and they were like, "Oh, yeah. that's fun. Like, what would happen if? What would happen if Jerry got wizard? <laughs> <laughs> what if Jerry got wizard?" Man, this just made me think, uh, BlackBerry doesn't get the credit it deserves for, like, its, it's, like, founding of the modern smartphone landscape. Oh, yeah. I know, the old keyboard and the little trackball and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even, like, the later gen ones, uh, the full, like, touchscreen, but, like, it had the keyboard that responded as though you were clicking a button whenever you clicked it, and... That was that was cool. It was the BlackBerry Storm, I think, is what it was called. Wait, do you mean I, it, I, you mean it was an actual keyboard with buttons, or somehow the touchscreen? It was it was a full touchscreen, oh, but okay. whenever you click the button on the touchscreen, it clicked as though you were clicking a button. Oh, oh, it made the little tapping sound, and, and like you could actually feel like a physical oh, tap oh, to it. Oh yeah, yeah. What do they call it? Like haptic feedback or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, the thing everybody but... turns off now. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i i think it's just kind of like disappeared to time now i I mean the only thing blackberry is now is a meme stock 
<laughs> yeah, I think they. I mean, this uh, somehow we've weaved a thre- an interesting thread from the beginning conversation through this whole thing. But it seemed like they didn't even even bringing through the full touchscreens. Like they didn't evolve. They were like, no, we're we're basic. Our our audience <laughs> wants something very basic, and that audience is going to stick around forever. But but then they didn't. They didn't. Nope. <laughs> they all discovered what iPhones and galaxies yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think even my dad, who definitely had a BlackBerry back in the day, <laughs> uh, upgraded eventually to. I, I think he's on. I think he's an iPhone guy. Is he yeah, an iPhone yeah, guy? Right. Yeah, I think he's an iPhone guy. So and that that's an earthquake. You know, <laughs> I can tell you as someone becoming that dad to adopt new technology. <laughs> Uh, so the Seinfeld writers had had always planned on an episode dealing with race and an initial idea had Elaine getting lost in Harlem but the idea was abandoned when they simply could not get the tone right and I would love to read that script oh my gosh (laughs) it's it's probably locked in Larry David's vault somewhere or or Jerry's I guess because Larry wasn't a part of this unless it was something in an earlier season when they were like yeah let's finally do the race episode what if Elaine gets lost in the black neighborhood (laughs) Yes. Aww. Yes. <laughs> That's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> like I would love I would love if that episode leaked. I, I wanna I wanna talk to a writer who's got nothing to lose, who worked on Seinfeld, and just ask him about that episode. <laughs> uh, we do have some deleted scenes from this episode. One scene where Jerry was actually met with Bob Sacamano's father, which I'm glad they didn't do because Bob Sacamano we hear mentioned many times and we never see him. So I think it's only appropriate and funny that when Bob Sacamano's dad is talked about that we also never see him. Uh, Also, George explaining why he hasn't been at the Susan Ross Foundation since the season eight episode, The Van Buren Boys. Uh, Evidently, the foundation had spent all its assets. So I guess it kind of dissolved up until whatever this event was that he tried to get out of by lying about his place in the Hamptons. So no real loss with either of those, I don't think. (laughs) And finally, just a, a bit of an odd continuity error. Jerry claims to have not seen Kramer with a job in a long while, but just five episodes earlier, Kramer was working in the bagel shop <laughs> during the strike, or after after his strike has ended, but in the episode The Strike, season nine, episode 10. So I mean, to be just, fair, yeah. to be fair, Jerry never visited Kramer in the bagel shop, so yeah, he didn't true. see him working. That's true, that's true. <laughs> he just went about his, yeah, the, the, Jerry's the center of the universe life and never even considered that. He was actually out there doing work. So that's true. <laughs> Semantically and uh, in character. Because, <laughs> yeah, Jerry doesn't visit him or anything. Doesn't show support. So, yeah. So there you go. That's it. Oh, man. All right. Uh, any other news or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do have some news. We had a Seinfeld passing that was passed along to us. Thanks to David Delgado, Till all r 186 on Twitter, who let us knew- know that Lou... Cutel or Cuddle? I don't know. A veteran actor from Seinfeld and Grey's Anatomy, dead at 91. We would oh, know him man. as the Ass Man. No way! Yes. Oh, the Ass Man died? The Ass Man has passed away oh. at the age of 91. Yeah. He was also in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Pee Wee's Big Adventure as Lou. Wait, what's his name in that? I forget. Oh, Crazy. Oh, The Amazing Larry. Oh, he was The Amazing Larry. Yeah, and Pee Wee's. I don't know who that is in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, though. I thought I. Just someone he meets along the road, I guess. So, yes, he was the, the ass man. He was Abe in Grey's Anatomy. And uh, that's it. Born in New York City, 1930. Man. Got his start on Broadway in 1961. Yeah, so uh, RIP to The Ass Man. 
And I think that's it. All right. Uh, if you have never listened to us before, we are not a research-heavy show. I've never seen these episodes before. Tim has never seen these episodes before in chronological order. After being a lifelong fan for years, we like to have our questions pop up naturally in the run of the episode and assign them to ourselves the week following as though we are giving ourselves homework. Um, if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts, and we will send you a no-hugging, no-learning sticker free of charge. Uh, we just need your mailing address to do that. If you like us a little bit more than that, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Link is down in the description below, or you can just go to patreon.com slash no-hugging. You can get all of our content for just five bucks a month. We have all of our Halloween movie reviews. We have uh, probably like two or three months worth of movie reviews before that. Um, I don't know if we've gotten to like 10 total reviews yet, but I mean, we, we've got them coming. Um, I think we'll have a new one up by the time you're listening to this, probably. I, I think if I'm getting my weeks correct. I, I mentioned the ratings and the reviews we only have like a few episodes left of our of our run in Seinfeld, so I want to get up to fifty reviews. Currently, we are Ooh. at uh, I think like forty three oh. or forty four. But here here's an extra incentive. We got a rewritten one star oh, review God. from fuckface themselves, <laughs> Mister Repetterso. Oh my god. The same person deleted their one-star review and rewrote it to reappear at the top of our reviews. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, what, what what the fuck is that bullshit? Like, are are you mad that no one agrees with you that you think we suck? Oh. The downvoter has no shame. I mean, oh, he will just fuck <laughs> off. But anyway, their new review says, <laughs> "I was only 3 years and 2 months old." <clears throat> I'm I'm not gonna try and do my 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 whiny fucking baby voice for this guy because yeah. it just goes on way too long and I don't want to actually sound like I'm a whiny fucking baby <laughs> like this guy is. The big angle of this podcast is that one of the hosts was too young to have seen Seinfeld when it was first broadcast. Mm -hmm. This is the reason he knows nothing about the show. Again, yeah. we say that <laughs> we, we say that every fucking week. Yeah. I wasn't born when Washington, Lincoln, or Roosevelt were presidents. I still know who they are and what they did. Not sure if it is Tim or Ted. What a stupid approach to a podcast. These guys are really clueless. Find a different podcast. Again, we say every single week, we are not a research-heavy show. I've never seen these episodes before. I, I don't know what is getting lost in translation for this fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like that's But the whole I, I guess I I guess of... I should be flattered that they're obviously still listening. Yeah, that's awesome. Like the one star <laughs> review doesn't help, but the download does. So yeah, thank, absolutely. Thanks, thanks for Get, that. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Yeah. I think I'd rather have the download than than not. But yeah, that's I mean, and also, like I might I, I might agree with him if nobody else tried this format. But like Yeah. After like I'm not saying we invented this, but after we started, I started noticing lots of other of the yes. similar, you know, for instance, um what's what's yeah, the one with we're, the we're we're by we're by far the innovators of this trend. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's but like <laughs> office ladies came after us. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean um um people always watching I mean people uh, watching shows that uh haven't seen them oh, before. Oh yeah. Uh newcomers. Newcomers came yes, after thank us. You. And then Scott hasn't seen. Have you seen that yeah. one? Where someone who uh, I, loves a movie shows it to Scott Ackerman. Yeah, Scott hasn't seen is yeah. like brand new. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So like this lifelong fan mixed with someone who has no clue. I would I would agree with him if if no one else was trying that. But like big names are actually trying it. But yeah, definitely along with what you were saying, TV show watch-alongs are are now a huge thing. Again, <laughs> again with the stars of the show, like Fake Doctors, Real Friends was another one that you were probably going to get to. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, that, that that's. Yeah, that's more in line with um, like what you said. People so our, on yeah. the shows. We we were we were not involved no, with no, Seinfeld, um, no. surprisingly enough. But yeah, like I, I I love his line. I wasn't born when Washington, Lincoln, or Roosevelt were presidents. I still know who they are and what they did. Okay, yes, but you live in the country. I'm assuming <laughs> that they were president of. You can still critique what they did, and also like you you, you don't have to accept everything as 100 percent good. <laughs> but also at the beginning of the show, we you know we talked about you know who Jerry Se- you knew who Jerry Seinfeld was. I really I highly <laughs> doubt this guy could tell you more than two things about George Washington. One, he's on the dollar. <laughs> two, he's on the quarter, and it's gone. You know, like that's that's the extent of his knowledge. So you knew who. Jerry Seinfeld, Jason Alexander, Michael Richards, and Julie Louis Dreyfus were. That wasn't that wasn't the point. <laughs> yeah, it's not the point. Could you imagine if that was the point of like just me trying to learn who these people were? Yeah, yeah. It's like memento. Like every week I have to explain to you, Ted, I can't believe you don't how did you forget again? Okay. Jerry Seinfeld plays him uh, a fictionalized version of himself. He's a comedian. Okay, Michael Richards plays Kramer, his wacky next. Like I have to explain. <laughs> like, yeah, like, hey, Tim, I know we're in season nine, but who is Elaine? Yeah. Like you get these backwards tattoos so you can see them in the mirror. Like, oh, you have like the big four going across your chest. Oh, that's Jason Alexander. Thank every morning you wake up and have to remind yourself who Jerry Seinfeld is. Now that uh. would be a better podcast. I'll give this guy that. But um but I think yeah, I think he's just missed the point completely. But um go ahead and edit that review if you're just getting to this episode. Yeah, or, or, absolutely. Go, in the run go, of our go ahead and edit it and, and repost it and continue yeah. making no fucking sense. Maybe But yeah. if you're if you're someone with half of a working brain <laughs> and you would like to bury this guy's review on yeah. the front page of Apple Podcasts and give us five stars and glowing remarks, <laughs> please do so. We'll send you a sticker for your efforts. <laughs> All that being said, Season 9, Episode 16, The Burning, original air date March 19th, 1998, three weeks after our last episode. Um, I was five years, two months, who and 27 cares? days old. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who, who cares? If you count this episode and every other episode left, Tim, we have seven episodes until we become a... I mean, I think there's only one podcast to do. That's... <laughs> About George Washington. I think that's where, you know, I know you're a lifelong fan and I, I only know two things about him as I just demonstrated. So I think we should really do, you know, you kind of explain to me the legacy of, you know, the first president of, of the I, United I, States. Oh, I know three things about him. What what if we just do like, we, we just do memento podcast about all of the presidents. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, now what? We weren't. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that sounds good. We just have to do a historical historical podcast where so, you know <laughs> explaining George Washington. Oh man. All right, if you are looking in TV Guide the night of March 19th, 1998, you are going to see Kramer and Mickey act out medical scenes, period. Putty tells Elaine he's religious, period. Jerry's girlfriend says it's me, period. George huh. tries to go out on a high note, period. 
Wow, I honestly really love Jerry's in that. I wonder if we can make it better. I, I, I don't know if we can, just because of the nature of this episode. But we'll cover that at the end. Let's start with the cold open, where Elaine is borrowing Putty's car, and she turns on the radio, and it is on a Christian rock station, which, by the way, as two radio guys, I know we have to appreciate. <laughs> no one would have noticed this, but I appreciate the... Um, what's the accuracy that the Christian rock station is 90.9. For those that don't know, everything under a certain frequency on the FM I, dial I is think like it's, non-commercial. I think it's under 92.1. Is that I, right? I think you're right about that. Yeah, because the station I worked on was in the 92s and we were the last commercial radio station before you get to uh, 91.3, which is WYEP, which is the great um, <laughs> non-com station around here. So I, I was like... That's an that's some amazing accuracy that they did not have to do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They, they could have said like, "Oh yeah, ninety-seven point nine could have been anything." Christian radio, Christian radio. But I mean, you can have. I mean, I'm learning this down here. You can have religious radio that is commercial. Sure. You know, we, we've we've got two of them at, why, at our at our cluster. Why wouldn't you? That's where the money is. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, also, I hate when at least it was an odd number too, because I hate when I see an even numbered FM station yeah. on TV or movies. I'm like, no, it can't be ninety point eight. Come on. <laughs> uh, but all the presets are religious radio stations, including some on AM, which is far more likely, but uh, and and still accurate. But I did appreciate. The one that the one that we ha- focused on initially being ninety point nine, but all the presets are on Christian religious radio. Uh, over at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, George is still working there, and as Kruger says, according to our quarterly thing, again we get the very lackadaisical Kruger <laughs> about his business. Uh, he was like, "We're you know we're in danger of going into the red or the black, whichever one's bad." <laughs> <laughs> And George suggests not signing checks when they send them like he does with his rent check every now and then. And everyone loves that idea. And then he jokes about, or we could just not send the check. And when they call asking about it, pretend we're the cleaning crew. And yeah. And then he does a Hispanic accent. Uh, <laughs> Didn't love this. <laughs> I know. I- I'm sure Mr. Repeater so is dying laughing at this, though. Yes. Yeah. He's different timing this for sure. It was a different time. That was funny. It's funny. It's a joke. <laughs> uh, but and it's not the reason the joke bombs. But George's next attempt at, at uh, leaving a good comment does bomb. And nobody laughs and everyone hates him for it. Over at Monks, Jerry tells him that his problem is showmanship. After you hit that high note, you say goodnight and walk <laughs> off the stage, just like they do in Vegas. And then George says something really shocking to me. Jer- Jerry's career obviously ebbs and flows maybe through this whole thing because we know he's on, you know, he's been on several late night talk shows and Charles Grodin and all sorts of stuff, but he's never played Vegas. Yeah, that me seems... A- that seems weird. Yeah, you're telling me like one of the biggest comedians in New York City just hasn't ever gone out to Vegas? <laughs> like like not not saying like he has to play a residency yeah. in Vegas, but like he's never done a show do in a Vegas. Weekend. Yeah, do it Thursday <laughs> to Sunday. Yeah. That's so shocking to me. Um, like even even as a feature, you yeah. don't even have to headline. You've never done a show in yeah. Vegas. Get one of your buddies to you know have you open up for him <laughs> in Vegas. But also, it's weird that it's saw it's thought of as this big move that he hasn't made. You've never played Vegas, you know. Like I, I feel like in the '90s, Vegas was still where entertainers went to die mostly. You know, like now it's sort of I forget. I don't know who would have signed the first big residency that brought it back to cultural mm, significance. Uh, 
I don't know. Probably yeah. God, I, I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm so lost with my Vegas residencies. Yeah. But like it, so at some point it did turn around and go, Oh, well now you're nobody unless you do have a month long residency in Vegas. But before it was like Donnie and Marie or you know, this is where Siegfried and Roy live. They don't do anything but Vegas. Like or, or Carrot Top. <laughs> You know, like Carrot Top being the biggest comedian to just stay in Vegas and live there and do a show and you can see Carrot Top seven nights a week, you know, like so it became that kind of but some t- at some point it turned around. So but I would say in the 90s, especially the late 90s, it was still that gag that like, oh, well, if you're going to Vegas, it's been nice knowing you. We're obviously <laughs> never going to see you again. So maybe it was different for comedians, but I've, I've always thought that for enter- for entertainment in general at this point, it's just yeah. a weird. Yeah, I just I'm lost. I right. see a lot of residencies that are like a week. Uh, a, a week yeah. and a half yeah. or something. I'm like, that. does that really count? That's a stretch, yeah. That's that's, it, that's a vacation. Yeah, yeah. It's really. a working vacation. <laughs> yeah, you get a nice room there, a nice big suite, and you do a couple shows, five or get six a couple, shows. Yeah, get a couple of buffets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but Jerry, never. Never. Uh, Elaine comes in, and she tells Jerry and George about putty and all of the radio stations being religious and george likes christian rock because it's very positive <laughs> and it's not just a bunch of musicians shoving down your throat how cool and hip they are <laughs> oh my god yeah i loved um by the way i'm not even writing down whether or not that christian rock song that we heard was a real song because I'm, <laughs> I'm certain it's not because it was so it was such a it was great, great parody of christian rock though yeah what, it was like what did it what did it even say it was like jesus is great yeah, yeah. jesus is good yeah like jesus lift me up when he should or something like that it really was like <laughs> that simple but all christian rock is like uh, growing up in a religious household you know that was sometimes the only music i could get away with listening to in public and so i I had a lot of like ted i don't know if you're familiar with dc talk oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah uh so big time and and i'm like man all of this i mean there's only so many ways to write about this one thing within these (laughs) confines of like you know it's not the same as writing a love song you know like there's just so that's I know that's writing about one thing, but it's just, you know. Well, I mean, there, there's a whole South Park episode about that where you just write love songs yeah. and you replace and baby you, with God. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But it, it always just seemed very, and like, also you can't say it sucks too, because it, some people equate saying Christian rock sucks or Christian music sucks with saying that Christ sucks or whatever, you know, <laughs> that's our pull quote, by the way. Someone's just going to isolate me saying Christ sucks on this. Like, no, I did it. Gr- great. That, that's going to be our next one star review, Tim. Way to yeah. go. That's going to be the title. Like, quote, Christ These sucks. Oh, now I said Jesus. it. We were driving down uh, the main drag here in town, listening to one of the uh, Christian rock stations in town. And uh, my wife and I both came up in like very religious families. Uh, her family like way more so than mine even like she's been to creation and Ooh. and alive like the, the christian like rock music festivals yeah. and are, are you familiar with the band mercy me oh yeah oh yeah they even had a big crossover hit um oh did they yeah i forget what it what it was called but yeah they had like a, an adult contempo song very early on in my radio career oh okay okay uh well we're, we're driving down we're driving down the road and mercy me is on the radio and i just see uh my wife just like dead eye like straight ahead and i, I don't think it was this song but it was something like the open the eyes to my heart lord and she just looks at me she's like 
I kind of want to kill myself right now. <laughs> the, the, oh, damn, okay. Their big crossover was, I can only imagine. That's you what it that. is. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Where the hell? Oh, yeah. But I, <laughs> but I like George. I, I just like how threatened George is by popular music and, and – that anybody might think they're better than him. He just can't even listen to music. It kills music for it. <laughs> oh, those musicians are so cool and hip. They got to <laughs> shove it down your throat, but not the Christian guys. But Jerry, you know, is trying to, you know, he's like, well, maybe it was a mistake. It was a used car. Maybe they, maybe he just hasn't changed the presets. And Elaine goes, oh, yes, he is lazy. And then Jerry goes, he probably can't even figure out how to do it. And she's like, yes, he's dumb. <laughs> and so she's very excited. He's like, wait, you prefer lazy and dumb to religious? And Elaine's like, well, at least lazy and dumb I understand, which is, uh, you know, a takedown, a whole takedown <laughs> of religion by Elaine. George suggests pulling the old switcheroo on the radio and changing the station, changing the presets and see if he changes them back. And Jerry and George get into a big argument about what the old switcheroo is, actually is. Jerry is, meanwhile, meeting Sophie at the coffee shop, a new girlfriend, his his first new girlfriend since the last one. He doesn't even remember. Uh, which, which <laughs> that I was liked. a good line. That was yeah. a good line. And it's one of the things that kept me watching the show out of chronological order because it just doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. it's like not important. They just need him to be with a woman. So here's a woman. Next episode, no woman. That's fine. No one. <laughs> it's like it just you, that they're just so uh, um, compact and, and compartmentalized like that. And Elaine. So also Elaine is the same way. She's with Putty. She's not. Last episode, she wasn't with him. This time, she is back with him because she needed to move a bureau. <laughs> <laughs> so reasons to break up is his answering machine's broken and she can't get him on the phone. They're not together. She needs to move furniture back with Putty. It's just great. Up in Jerry's apartment, Kramer and Mickey come in. Mickey's back in this episode. And Kramer snorts some pepper, like hardcore <laughs> off his hand, like just blasts a rail of pepper <laughs> in textbook Christ. form. <laughs> this would, th- this would, n- not literally, but this would kill you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this would hurt so bad. Talk about the burning. I think that's, yeah. Uh, But he's teaching Mickey how to fake sneeze because they've been hired by Mount Sinai to (laughs) pretend they have these ailments to, to see if students can diagnose them correctly to practice diagnosing. And so Kramer and Mickey now want to practice their retching. And I thought this was such a funny gag. Every time... They pretend to throw up the phone rings, but Jerry can't hear it because they're going, ah! and he's like, stop. And they do it right on cue for just as long as the phone rings. And that's such a funny bit to me. But Jerry does eventually hear the phone ring and his girlfriend, it's his girlfriend. And she says, hey, it's me. And he goes, oh, hey, Elaine. And she's like, no, this isn't Elaine. And then he's like, George. <laughs> she's like, no, it's Sophie. She didn't. He didn't recognize Sophie's voice, but he plays it off as oh, he was just joking. But then Kramer comes in looking for some Ipecac, and w- which, of course, makes you throw up. And Jerry goes, I think you guys are taking this too seriously. And he's like, no, Mickey just ate 12 ass, swallowed 12 aspirin. He's like, oh, my gosh, did he OD? No, it's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> Would 12 aspirin kill you, though? That does sound like a lot, especially for someone small of stature. I, I it's, it's probably not safe. It's probably not the safest yeah. amount of aspirin to take. I get so scared taking anything that's – because, you know, you hear, like, like over – like uh, over-the-counter Tylenol, acetaminophen, whatever, is one thing, but they can prescribe you acetaminophen that's the same as in those pills. It's just like taking four of them instead of taking two of them like it's on the label, but I still get so scared doing anything that's not on the label. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going to mess this <laughs> up. You know, I, I, don't know, I don't know where you fall on that, but I've heard, oh, I, I need more than the recommended dosage for this, but I'm like, no, I will die if I take three Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> 
Over at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, George uh, is taught they they've botched another smoothing job. How they keep getting hired by the city of New York, I have no idea <laughs> because they have filed this uh, statue's head down to a nub. And George says, "Why don't we just file the whole head off, put a pumpkin under his arm, and redo the plaque so it says Ichabod Crane?" And the joke kills in the room. So George gets up and leaves. Good night, everybody. That's it for me. You've been great. Did you do you hear George's line here? No, what? He drops a be good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he he drops a be good, everybody. How did I miss that? That's amazing. <laughs> you were referencing it the whole time, and neither of us knew. That's crazy. But old guys love saying be good. We know it as a fact now. <laughs> you get to a certain age, and that's something you say when you leave. Be good. Hey, be good. <laughs> uh, so he's left on a high note. Uh, over at the hospital, which uh, I'm assuming is Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is still a real hospital in New York City. I don't, I don't know if this yeah, building that, that's is what, it. Yeah, that, that's what he says Like at first, that they're going to Mount Sinai because they're hiring people. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, Mount Sinai is still a real hospital in New York City. Whether this building actually was a part of it at some time, I don't know. I didn't do that much work on it. <laughs> but Kramer and Mickey are there, along with Brian Posehn? Yeah, this surprised <laughs> me. This dude's been doing this forever. Yeah, and he's also been bald forever. I mean, I don't know how old Brian Posehn was in 98, but he has lost a lot of hair to use a, yeah. a quote. Yeah, and thank, <laughs> thankfully he hasn't been beardless forever. This was weird. Yes, it was weird yeah. to see him without a beard. <laughs> so I'm going to put down some Brian Posehn, and we'll find out what he was doing in his life around this time. Uh, because he gets, I mean, he's a featured extra. He gets a line. Yeah. I mean, if he didn't have a SAG card already, he got it. Uh, after this episode and mickey gets bacterial meningitis which he's psyched about because there's so much to work with there and kramer gets gonorrhea Uh, (laughs) and he's not happy about that because it's just a burning when you pee but uh, mickey says he's got the hamlet of diseases so he's not going to trade kramer so kramer asked brian posein if he wants to trade and brian posein got (laughs) surgeon left a sponge in me Which Kramer doesn't want to take, but I think that'd be better than gonorrhea. I mean, I yeah, think- I, I think so too because you can do your own thing with that. Like yeah. you can say, yeah, it's 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 just a little painful inside my stomach, but I, I don't know what what's going on. I I, I ate everything right today. I, I nothing outside of my ordinary diet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can to- I, and you. I think you could really throw them a curveball and have them misdiagnose you like oh yeah it's right around my kidney and yeah I think that's a, I think that's a great one but he does <laughs> but Kramer doesn't want it Kramer does not want it no trade uh, back up in Jerry's apartment George uh, left when he went out on a high note and he saw Titanic which <laughs> I'm guessing was like the height of humor uh, at this point in 98 you know you had to have a joke about Titanic the biggest movie on earth but George says so that old woman she's just a liar right and jerry goes in a bit of a tramp if you ask me jesus christ i know jerry slut shaming <laughs> Kay winslet in titanic and elaine it's but it's weird when seinfeld does date itself with a pop culture reference like that you know like it, it, just thinking of another movie the english patient how everyone was fawning over that they felt the need to comment on titanic and it is still big but it wasn't as big as as it was in 98 for sure i mean you know so you know do we do we stay timeless or do we date ourselves a little bit by mentioning this thing <laughs> that may not be a big deal? Again, it didn't ruin the episode or anything, but it's always interesting when they do date themselves because the episodes uh, otherwise are so timeless. Uh, Elaine says all of the Christian rock on David's radio has been resurrected, which is fun. That was that hilarious. was a great line. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, and she also pried a Jesus fish off of his bumper. And I think this is the first instance 
that we get of a, a good recurring George bit <laughs> in the episode where Elaine says, look at this. It's a Jesus fish. And just like that sparks an idea in George's head. And just, Jerry, do you have any fish sticks? I have been thinking about this runner for like 24 hours straight pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes up again, I'll, I'll I'll delve into my theory about it. But it but okay. it was weird when yeah, you know she's like talking about the Jesus stick, <laughs> and he asked for fish sticks. And Elaine feels misled by Putty, and George thinks uh, being religious is neat, and says you don't hear much about God these days. <laughs> and to, to which Jerry just says, "I hear things. I hear things. I hear things." But this is George's first step. He'll take the second in just a second, but it's his first step to becoming the next Fox News contributor. Um, so you don't hear much about God these days. Uh, but then Elaine you know, and Jerry think that Sophie's It's Me was premature. Like, it's not a, she's not an It's Me yet. You can't be held accountable for not knowing it was her just by saying It's Me. Uh, George is against all it's me's, just like those hip musicians with their complicated shoes. So it's saying oh it's me God. is so self-centered, just like <laughs> complicated which, which, shoes. Which I guess, uh, given like the race baiting, can be George's second step into becoming the next Fox News oh. contributor. <laughs> I see. Okay. Well, then here comes the third because Kramer comes <laughs> in and he says, well, I got gonorrhea. They gave me gonorrhea. And George goes, they? The government? There we go. <laughs> That's that's the third. This this is a great scene for George. This is a great George scene. Yeah, George is on his way to the the hospital gave Kramer gonorrhea, which he feels is a waste of his talent because it's just some burning. (laughs) Uh, And George makes a joke that, well, I guess it's true that what they say, there's no small diseases, only small actors. And everyone kind (sighs) of chuckles at it. And he leaves. (laughs) He leaves on a high note. And but when Jerry explains showmanship, Kramer's like, maybe that's all I need to add to my gonorrhea, some showmanship. I'm going to make people feel the gonorrhea in themselves. <laughs> and uh, by the way, Superman is on the shelf. This is where I noticed him. He might have been in that other first scene in the apartment, but Superman's still there. So over in the apartment, Kramer is being diagnosed by Daniel Day Kim. Did you oh, recognize I him? No, I didn't. I didn't pick up on him. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Day Kim, famously of Lost. That's where I saw him first. But then he was in the Hawaii Five O reboot, right? I think that's what he's done. Maybe most recently, we might do a little dive on him just to see what he was up to around this time. But yeah, certainly gone on to great success uh, on the small screen, at least. So, uh, Doctor Daniel Day Kim is there. Triple D. That's what I call him, Doctor Daniel Day. <laughs> and Kramer goes off on a monologue about this love, this passionate love, one night and. Uh, then he is diagnosed correctly <laughs> by uh, Dr. Kim uh, to great applause uh, at, inside the, you know, whatever this is, this hospital classroom. Yeah, I, I loved I loved his uh, I, I think he says, yeah, it's uh, burning whenever I urinate. And is there anything else that's that's hurting you? Uh, just the haunting memories of lost love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he starts monologuing and it's great. <laughs> yeah. One night and, and then he, he says something like and I burned for her. Much like the burning I feel when I urinate. (laughs) (laughs) Up in Jerry's apartment, Sophie leaves an it's me message. Hey, it's me. Call me back. And Jerry calls and at George's insistence gives her the it's me. And she thinks it's a guy named Rafe, which is such a weird name. Yeah. Yeah. It is on brand for New York City, though. Like New York City is where you go and you're like, no, I'm not going to be Ralph anymore. I want to be Rafe. You know, like New York in the 90s, though. I would say so. Yeah. Well, well. Here's here's the thing with the captions. It's not spelled like 
Rafe as in Ralph. No, it's spelled R-A-F-E. Interesting. Yeah, it's actually spelled Rafe. Yeah, for the longest time, well, I spelled it R-A-Y-F, so I didn't know what the hell I was doing either. <laughs> <laughs> but for the longest time, when people said Ray Fines, I thought they were talking about an actor named Ray Ray Fines. Fines, yeah. And every time I saw Ray Fines' name, I'd say Ralph Finnis. And I had no <laughs> idea. I was like, man, no one ever talks about that guy Ralph Finnis. Everyone's talking about this guy, Ray Fiennes. <laughs> I got to see this Ray Fiennes movie, but all I see is Ralph Finnis. So I didn't even, I, and there's no, there's not even an L in Ray Fiennes' name. It's just when you're an American, you put an L there. You know, it's like your brain fills it in. Like those, those, um, those little illusions that you see when it's like, go back and read the sentence again and notice there's two these. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. It, it's that kind of thing. Like your brain just, just fills in the blank where it's like, oh, there's supposed to be an L there because no one is actually named Raph. Rap. Rap. But so... George tells Jerry to go with it. And Jerry starts using this great fake voice. I've always loved... How's it going? <laughs> I've always <laughs> loved that. <laughs> it sounds uh, sounds like Mr. Mackey in South Park. Yeah. Oh, uh, what, what, how's it going, Jerry? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course I know the tractor story. <laughs> yeah, so she uh, Sophie tells fake Rafe that she still hasn't told Jerry the tractor story. And but then she notices he, that Rafe sounds a little different. Do you have a cold? And so George tells him to abort. And he's like, and then Jerry explains to George um, what ha- you know about the tractor story. And, and George goes, wait a second, back it up, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and then Jerry like is disgusted. And it's like, what are you beep, beep, beep? What are you doing? <laughs> and I feel like this was Jerry again railing against a popular joke that a lot of hacky, you know, dads and, and people were doing back at this time in the 90s because that the reverse beep, beep, beep sound was a new thing. So if you wanted someone God. to back it up, I think a lot of people do this. And and George seeing his, or Jerry seeing his friend do it, I think, disgusted him in the same way that like, don't go there or talk to the hand, whatever he said about the high five and those phrases that were becoming hack for just dads to use in restaurants and stuff. You know, I think this was one of them. I think you can file it under that. Back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, Elaine, uh, over at Elaine's, she asks Putty want, what he wants to do for dinner. He says, feels like an Arby's night. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if he said it that way because their agreement is still in place where you, I forget what it was, one, once a month at Arby's, maybe? And so I maybe so, he says, yeah. maybe that's why he said it feels like an Arby's night. You know, tonight feels like I'm going to burn my Arby's night. You know, <laughs> I only get one and, and it feels like tonight. But Elaine finally gets into Putty being religious and... God. She asks if it's a problem that she's not. He's like, "No, it's not my problem. I'm not the one that's going to hell." <laughs> Jesus, I um, I love the way Elaine gets into it too, because she's still on like the Arby's topic, and she's like, "Beef and cheese and do you believe in God?" <laughs> he believes in God probably because Arby's is so good. <laughs> <laughs> that's my guess about Putty. He's like, oh, he's only... si- sitting sitting in an Arby's eating his sloppy <laughs> beef and cheddar, going, "Oh God, yes." Just having a religious experience like no man could come up with this this is divine (laughs) honestly every time i do go to arby's i I have the same experience like i order way too much food at arby's because they're i I love the main course the roast beef but i also love their fries and i'll and they have a bunch of good fried appetizers too like their baked potato uh triangles whatever those things are those are amazing the jalapeno potato cakes Yeah, yeah yes Oh, all of that. And like like my my old coworkers and I, we'd go after the show sometimes and we just we'd each get a, a fried side. So we'd each have a little sampler in front of us, a little sample oh. platter, along with our giant roast beef sandwich and giant size curly fries. Man, 
I I I will go to the grave saying Arby's is good and it yes. gets an undeserved bad rap. I, I think I've said this before on here. Arby's was my first job, so I, I have a little bit more of a soft spot for it because I, I ate a lot of Arby's while I was working at Arby's. But uh, I, I still think they have the second best mozzarella stick uh, in, in in any like fast food capacity. How did I forget? Honestly, like I, John Stewart, I think brought the Arby's hate to probably national attention, and his jokes about it were were funny enough that like on his last show, Arby's I think ran a commercial with all of them. <laughs> like so, but I sometimes I just don't get, and maybe you can file it under like hacky jokes about like I've never uncontrollably shit my pants after Taco Bell or eating at Crystal for that matter. By the way, do you have Crystal near you, Crystal Burger? Uh- Oh, I don't know if we do or oh not. Oh my gosh. Uh, I know have... we, we do have Raisin Cane's though. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, we've been to gosh. Raisin Cane's a couple of times and yeah. it is good. Yeah, Cane's was another one where, and that just, again, it blows my mind. Like, it's just chicken fingers. Like, there's nothing, nothing else. Like, they're not going to, they've seen other food, but they don't, they don't want any part of it. Now, have you, have you um, figured out the hack that you get double toast instead of slaw? I haven't. Uh, only, only because, or well, I, I've heard of it, but I haven't done it yet, I should uh, say. Because I, I pretty much only get the, the three tender meal. Yes, yeah. But, like, three tenders, toast, fries, and a drink. I'm like, damn, this is this is I filling know. me up. Yeah, yeah. I, I only would do the toast because I just don't like the slaw. So I don't even want it on my plate, you know. But, yeah, the canes and the cane sauce is good. But, well, yeah, Crystal is another one that was that was a joke. Like, they call them sliders because they slide right out of here or whatever. I'm like, I've, <laughs> I've eaten... Like six crystals at once, and uh, you know, I've, I've just never—I don't know. Maybe I have a constitution that's strong enough. But the same thing with Chipotle. Like, I don't shit my pants after eating at Chipotle, but that's the joke about it. You know, it's like, hey, hey, you're gonna have diarrhea. Like, no, I. What is wrong with your stomach? <laughs> like, maybe you should. Maybe it's a you problem. But also, I think it's just a hacky joke. You know, like maybe people used to shit their pants like when Taco Bell first came around in the '80s or something. But yeah, I've always been able to to keep it in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I forget how the hell we got started to talk. Oh, Arby's and the Arby's hate. Yeah. Again, I, I haven't shit my pants after visiting Arby's either. So we're, we're both Arby's fans. Hey, you. Do you want more No Hugging, No Learning? Subscribe to our Patreon today for our full archive of exclusive bullshit movie reviews and content that gets cut from our weekly episodes for various reasons. Join the It's a Hyundai tier for just five bucks a month and get access to everything. Click the link in the description or just go to patreon.com slash no hugging and sign up today. I wonder if I can do this like a monster truck show announcer. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Patreon.com slash no hugging. Over at Monks, George and Jerry are trying to deduce what actually is the tractor story. Maybe it's that she stole a tractor. Maybe it's something like disfigurement. Like George suggests that maybe she lost her thumbs and they replaced them with big toes, with her big toe. Uh, what does this say? Why did I write down, George is asking about a pen. Does he say something about a pen? Um... <laughs> what the hell? George oh, pen. yeah, with her with her weird thumbs or something, like how, how she holds Oh, yeah, she, is she, always, is she always walking around holding a pen that she doesn't seem to need. I think that was a Bob Dole dig. <laughs> oh, seriously? And, yeah, and isn't that a combat injury, too? <laughs> Like, I don't know. Holy shit. That's Bob Dole. Awful. Yeah. Like Bob Dole still definitely a very famous living senator at that point. But um, 
he all he one arm was inoperational, his, his right arm, and so he was all always gripping a pen with that hand. And I don't know. Yeah, it, it was, and that's so that was after surviving an attack during World War II, he lost the ability to properly use his right hand. So he would just grip a pen in it. So it was at least doing something or whatever. But yeah, I, I think that was just a Bob Dole reference that maybe she was maybe she had the same injury that Bob Dole did due to this tractor. But or maybe that she lost her thumbs and they were replaced with her big toe. But Jerry doesn't think it's that. He doesn't think she has toe toe hands or whatever. Uh, Elaine is upset because Putty thinks she's going to hell, and even though she doesn't believe in hell, she wants him to care that she might be going there. And George. Uh, uh, this is where we get the other scene where George wants all the food that he's hearing about, like the fish sticks with the, uh, in the earlier scene. And Jerry <laughs> says like, Oh, have you heard the joke about the, the guy having coffee and donuts with the devil on his first day in hell? And George is like, can I get coffee and a donut? And then they keep talking about the devil and he goes, and some devil's food cake. <laughs> and so my theory, this is the, this is the last time we get that runner, right? I think so. I my don't think it happens again. Theory about this fits in with an earlier episode where George conflates food with lovemaking and i think and the only time he wants the food he's hearing about is when they're talking about religion so i think george has conflated food with religion you know he might have been raised in a very religious household and just has replaced food as his god and so anytime Mm. he hears it in that context he wants you know they're talking about religion and mentioning food and he wants that food immediately that's my theory that's a that's an interesting take. I, I wouldn't have picked up on that. I don't know why. I, like I said, I don't know why it stuck with me, but I've, I've been, I was thinking about it for like 24 hours straight. I was like, what's the connection there? And I don't know if they put that much thought into it, but I was like, <laughs> it is interesting when it happens. They're just they're talking about God and Jesus and religion. And, and all of a sudden he wants that food. I think it's like a, a, just second nature to him at this point to be religious about food. Over at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, Everybody has been called off of the project that they were working on, except George, because Kruger thought all those other people were boring, but there's something about George that keeps him wanting more. (laughs) (laughs) And so now he's got to do this whole project with Kruger, who is an idiot and like spinning around in his chair, trying to spin as many times as he can without using his arms. What does he say? Like three, three times around, no feet, just me. Yeah. But (laughs) he only goes like maybe two until he's just like kind of just shuffling his way back around. Yeah, yeah, the inertia just keeps him going back and forth. He's not. (laughs) Back over at the hospital, Mickey's new assignment is cirrhosis of the liver with jaundice, so he's psyched because he gets to go into makeup, (laughs) and Kramer got gonorrhea again. So as he says, he's being typecast because they loved him so much as gonorrhea, they want to see it again. Uh, Over at Jerry's apartment, Jerry and Sophie are playing chess, and he is attempting to bring up (laughs) tractors and farming and something to get her to talk about and tell him the tractor story to try to give her an in. Uh, But he instead is just making Sophie uncomfortable. So she gets up to leave, and that's when she kneels down to pick up her purse that Jerry notices something on the back of her leg, and he nods, oh. And and he says, like, he says in the next scene that it was a scar. I didn't notice any scar. (laughs) Me neither. Must be very light. (laughs) Yeah, because not even an HD. You might might need the 4K tier of Netflix to see (laughs) her scar. Yeah, let us know. So, yeah, it's just a big, long scar. That's the tractor story. It is disfigurement, and she must be insecure about it. Meanwhile, George is doing all the work at Kruger, and... 
he says that the only reason he was sneak he could sneak out for a bite today is because Kruger promised him he would buckle down and do some actual work. But then George looks over and sees Kruger at Monk's finishing up a giant piece of chocolate cake. And <laughs> George is fed up with having to do all this work while this guy lazes about and, and asks unironically to Jerry, do you see what I have to deal with? And Jerry, I forget, I forget what he actually says, but Jerry's response is never. <laughs> So Kruger's acting like George, and George is actually having to do work for once in his life. Uh, over at Elaine's, Putty tries to get Elaine to steal her neighbor's paper because he can't do it himself because thou shalt not steal. But, <laughs> but getting Elaine to do it, that getting Elaine to sin for you, that's okay. Uh, and Elaine is getting very upset that Putty doesn't care that she's going to hell. And that's when Putty realizes, you stole my Jesus fish, didn't you? And she goes, that's right, and does a little devil face. <laughs> <laughs> Over at the hospital, Kramer comes in, and uh, Mickey has been rehearsing his cirrhosis of the liver with jaundice, but Kramer comes in, and he is painted yellow like Mickey, and he is stealing Mickey's jaundice, and he again starts into a monologue. Well, I guess it all started 20 years ago when I came back from Vietnam, and this was my only friend, and he pulls out a little fifth of liquor, and Mickey attacks him, and I loved... This was such a great button on the scene. The student guesses cirrhosis of the liver and PCP addiction. <laughs> <laughs> he stole my cirrhosis. Well, I thought that was funny. Uh, over at a church, this is St. Luke's Lutheran Church, which we have also seen before in the Yada Yada. Jerry goes there to talk to a priest about Tim Watley uh, converting to Judaism because of the jokes. And so that was season eight, episode 19. If you really want to deep dive on St. Luke's Lutheran, it might be still there. I'm guessing it is. Uh, Elaine and Putty are meeting a priest there. Putty is wearing his eight ball jacket. Great continuity. <laughs> and they're explaining that, you know, that Putty doesn't care that Elaine is going to hell. And the preacher starts talking about interfaith marriages. And they're like, whoa, whoa, no one's getting married here. <laughs> the priest is like, oh, you, you guys aren't married? Oh, then it's easy. You're both going to hell. <laughs> Yeah, because Elaine's like, no, we're just, you know, having a little fun. Uh, but Putty is like, that's bogus, man. Yeah. I love that they, they both, Elaine and the priest, then do the devil <laughs> face. Because the, at first, the priest is, uh, he sets up some joke. But oh, I forget yeah. how it goes. It sounded like the same one. He was like, have you heard the one about the guy having coffee with the devil in his first day in hell? <laughs> it sounded like the same one Jerry was going to tell earlier. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been. But yeah, the, the priest and Elaine just both do the devil horns and just go, blah, 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 blah. The priest devil face was so funny. I wouldn't be <laughs> mad if that was our cover art. It was so like he even crosses his eyes or something a little bit. It's just so it's such a good devil face. I, I loved it. Back up in Jerry's apartment. Sophie starts telling Jerry the tractor story. But Jerry cuts her off because he thinks he already knows what it is. And he's fine with it. Meanwhile, Mickey and Kramer barge in and they're fighting about Kramer giving Mickey gonorrhea, quote unquote. Because Kramer had the, Kramer stole the cirrhosis, he gave Mickey gonorrhea. And Sophie is like, you know what? What's important is that you have a partner to support you. I didn't have a partner. I got gonorrhea from a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the tractor story. Because her boyfriend Jesus. said she got gonorrhea from riding the tractor in a bathing suit. <laughs> Good and Lord. That's when Jerry leaves on a high note. That's it for me, everybody. Good night. You've been a great <laughs> audience or whatever. We do get a little in memoriam of Lloyd Bridges slide uh, after that scene. So uh, the great Mandelbaum uh, has passed. And Damn. our 
our last scene in completion is at Kruger Industrial Smoothing, and George is working hard while Kruger is throwing a ball up against the wall and bouncing it off and uh, to himself. And and George unloads on Kruger about not caring. You know, it's it's your business. You don't even care about it. Your sign, your name is on the sign outside. Which, by the way, the R has fallen off, so now it just says K Uger. And Kruger notes that that sounds like one of those old car horns, and leaves on that high note. That's it for me. Good night, everybody. Leaving George to finish whatever this giant project is on his own and that's the end of the episode oh man all right yeah. what do we got for homework this week just a uh, a couple of notable uh, extras in this episode brian posein and daniel day kim we'll find out oh. what they were doing in their lives cool cool all right uh what do you like for cover art I, i've already mentioned i love the priest and the, and the devil horns but it would be weird it would be the weirdest cover art we've ever done but it is good <laughs> But uh, I don't know. What are you thinking? See, I like the devil horns, but I also really liked Kramer and Mickey fighting in their jaundice makeup. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's good. And there is a scene where I think everybody's in the apartment and those are always good. But then then they're almost like not notable. You can't really tell what episode it is from those. So, yeah, either one of the – I guess guess we just – yeah, something there. Something one of those two. Uh, Okay, let's see what we can do about this week's description. All right. So we had – Kramer and Mickey act out medical scenes, period. Putty tells Elaine he's religious, period. Jerry's girlfriend says, it's me, period. George tries to go out on a high note, period. I don't hate it. I mean, I think we can just say Kramer and Mickey get acting jobs. You know, I mean, that is that not enough? Mm, I, I, I guess it. I guess it doesn't give away too much by, but act out, what does it say? Act out medical scenes? Yeah. That, They're not that, acting out scenes, really. Yeah. I mean, they... They do kind of, they put more work into it, so they write these <laughs> scenes that they don't really need to for them. Yeah, I, I I guess I don't really see, and what was Elaine's? Putty tells Elaine he's religious. Yeah. I, honestly, I really don't hate any of it. I don't either. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. Despite being like four separate sentences, it's pretty good. And, but honestly, because when I heard it at the beginning, I don't know, I do love the tease of Jerry's girlfriend says, it's me. Like, oh, that, <laughs> the only thing we might be able to add to that is prematurely says it's me prematurely yeah. or something like that but but yeah, if anything, i mean like it, it doesn't give anything away and also hardcore fans will definitely know which episode this is yeah but this kind of speaks to the way i felt about the episode just to transition to that portion of it i feel like it's a good synopsis and um of the episode because it was so all over the place you know like nothing really intersects at the very end we get um a little intersection between kramer and mickey's story and jerry's story but it's all so disjointed i i love the episode and there's a lot of good jokes in it but i I didn't think it deserved a star and it's it's not a it's just a textbook right at the bar seinfeld episode i feel Mm, like okay yeah okay see i i liked it more than you did i think i i gave it a star and i think it's I, i don't know if it'll end up being top five of the season for me but it's uh it's gonna be a contender wow yeah, I don't know what I I think I, I just didn't like how disjointed it was. Um, okay, and I could have used a little bit more. Be- I, I guess I feel like with four completely separate stories, nothing is as fleshed out as I would have liked it to be. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah, they, I can agree with you. On they that. just kind of scratched the surface with George having to become the opposite and start caring about work. You know, to his, you know, <laughs> every bone in his body is telling him to be lazy on this, but for some reason he can't. And and I just don't. It was just interesting to see that play out. And the, and Jerry's is almost an afterthought too. Like the tractor story. It was an interesting way into it. It's like they didn't explore this fake story or saying it's me prematurely. 
saying it's me prematurely is an interesting thing to like when is that okay in a relationship you know when can you leave stuff at someone's apartment when can you say it's me and not get mad at them for knowing the, who you are or whatever yeah i just i just feel like they they didn't explore enough of the the premises for my liking but like i said i got a even a average tier seinfeld episode is one of the funniest things ever so yeah i, I almost <laughs> like talking about it better than watching it it's one of those episodes for me you know? okay wow so yeah we've uh we've definitely like flipped diverged uh, over over uh the last couple of episodes yeah 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 i think you're right i think there was a couple like four or five episodes ago when our, when this little arc started that i was like yes this was great and you were like meh yeah, and then i didn't really care for it and yeah. then slowly like I, we both moved i moved to a two you moved to a four we met at three and then we passed <laughs> in the other direction <laughs> i think that's exactly right <laughs> oh my god all right well next week we have got season nine episode 17 we are chugging right along wow. with season nine the bookstore um original air date april 9th 1998 tim another three weeks later wow. we're getting one new episode a month <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh and if you're looking in tv guide the night of april 9th you are gonna see george takes a book into a store's bathroom Kramer and Newman start a rickshaw service. Uncle Leo shoplifts. Elaine drunkenly makes out with a coworker. Ooh, yeah, I definitely remember the titular storyline, and uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see these other things play out. So I guess that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, for no hugging, no learning. I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hallwell. Be good. Be good.